Welcome to the Social Fishing Podcast. My name is Reese Creed. I'm a passionate angler and I want to share as much as I can about the sport we all love. On this podcast, we speak to incredible anglers, sharing a wealth of priceless knowledge, all to help you reach your fishing dreams. Thanks for joining us today. Now let's begin. G'day guys and welcome back to the Social Fishing Podcast. Now this is episode 16 and we are going to be talking about the season ahead tips for targeting trout in rivers and streams. So it's just me, it's a solo episode and I'm going to be sharing my tips and tactics for targeting trout. It's one species that we haven't covered yet in the the podcast and I know there's plenty of you guys out there who would love fishing for trout. There's a lot of freshwater fish, you know, you've got your cod, we've got our, our natives, but there's also trout and they're an exceptional sports fish and that's why I wanted to do this episode because the season's now open, it's been open for a few weeks here in New South Wales and in Victoria it's been open for even longer and I want to share my tips for the season ahead, the summer ahead and I've got plenty of tips to share with you. I'll talk about a few different things, uh, I'll talk about obviously the seasons that have opened, how important the warmer weather is for trout. And then I talk about tips for small streams and larger rivers, including tail races, which are really critical key fishing spots for summer in Australia. Then I talk a little bit about some references on the Tumut River, the Goulburn River, and a few spots that we fish, um, different uh, techniques for alpine versus subalpine water, some really, really cool techniques um, which you might not have never um, thought about before, which includes fishing from a boat in larger rivers. It's really, really cool. Uh, And also three key tips, which I finish up on before we finish the podcast. Three very important tips, which include retrieves, leader size, and a tip about flowing water. So I really do hope you enjoy this episode. Now, before we jump in, as always, I just want to mention a few little things. The social fishing accounts are now available. If you haven't heard about that before, if this is the first podcast you've listened to, the social fishing accounts is where you can jump on, you can create a free account and you can access the free freshwater mini series, which is a tutorial series that we put together that helps teach you how to catch fish. And there's four parts and they include Murray Cod, Golden Perch and Trout. So there's those three plus an introduction part. Go have a look at it. Check it out. It's jam-packed with content. In the social fishing accounts, you can also submit listener questions to the podcast. So jump on there, submit your listener questions, and we will answer them in these episodes. I really want to hear what you guys have to say. I really want to hear your questions, and we'll do our best to answer them. So make sure you jump on there and submit your listener questions for us. Questions about anything, questions about the best technique for fishing a certain waterway or absolutely anything, jump on there and submit your questions. And as always, guys, if you enjoy the podcast or even if you don't, leave us a review on Apple Podcasts, rate uh, anything you can do that helps us out greatly. The more we get, the better. It's going to be a really exciting episode where I talk about chasing trout, tips for rivers and streams. So without further ado, guys, let's jump into this episode and talk about the season ahead, targeting trout in rivers and streams. Welcome back, guys, to another episode of the Social Fishing Podcast. Now, this is episode 16, and as I mentioned, I'm going to be talking about targeting trout in rivers and streams. Now, it's a species that we haven't touched on a whole heap yet, and we're going to talk a lot more about them in the future because, you know, we we love our native fish, but trout are also a great sports fish that we want to talk more about and share more content with those of you who love targeting trout. Now, I'm specifically in this episode going to be talking about rivers and streams 
games. And I'm just going to share a few of my, uh, what I've learned, a few of my tips, tactics, what I do on the water in this solo episode. I'm just going to be on my own, share a few tips. Uh, so if you're going to head out chasing trout, maybe you'll learn something from this. So first of all, the New South Wales trout season is here. Uh, it's been here for a couple of weeks. It opened on the October long weekend. Victorian trout season opened a month earlier. Now, that's just the rules. Um, different states have different rules and they obviously, their studies in their waterways down in Victoria, they say that the trout have finished breeding and you can target them through September. New South Wales, they leave it another month. Now, Trout feed better sort of in that warmer water. So that first month of September, you can get out there, chase trout in the Victorian streams, but it will get better as it warms up. But now with New South Wales, trout season opened as well. Uh, I just want to touch on more tips and give you this episode on chasing trout. So it's exciting that it's open and now it's time to get up there. So as I mentioned, warmer weather is key for trout. Yes, they do live in cold water. The cooler the streams, the better, but the warm temperature coincides with food so you think with natives right natives you've got to get that water temperature up to a certain point and when it gets to that certain point they start feeding better so you know above 16 17 18 degrees and below 20 21 22 there's that prime area where they will feed really well and the water temperature has a massive thing uh, to do with how they feed well trout aren't as reliant on the water temperature in terms of their feeding pattern because they just like it cold, full stop. They want that cold, cool water. When it gets too hot for them above 20 degrees, they will die. So they actually don't, you know, they don't like it too hot. They obviously need this prime temperature. But in terms of hotter or colder in the water temperature, it doesn't really affect how they feed because they they flourish and handle the freezing cold water. So for example, tail races, where the water comes out below the dams, that water is usually the same temperature year round for about a kilometer below the dam and then it starts to heat up. Obviously, you know, it's going to be a little bit warmer in summer, but not a huge difference. Like, for example, we fish on the Tumut River here close to home, and obviously I'll refer to it a bit, or say that you've got the Goulburn River uh, down in Victoria, comes out of Lake Yield, and the water temperature um, will be very similar summer to winter. It, it'll, it will vary a little bit. I'm not exactly sure how much, but not compared to, say, a river that isn't regulated below a dam or say it's a long way below a dam so even like the Murrumbidgee way out towards you know a few hundred kilometers away in winter it'll be freezing in summer it'll be super hot because of that temperature from the sun and the weather around so with the trout that water temperature isn't as key so it's not like you rock up to a fishing spot and go oh the water's freezing they're not going to bite more important is actually for it to be cooler but I just mentioned that the warmer weather is key and it's all to do with the bug food activity above the water that falls into the water that then switches the trout on. Obviously, with a little bit of warmer water under the water, you might have bait fish or things moving around, but that bug activity on the surface is absolutely key. So what happens is September, it's slow. The fishing is slow. It takes a bit to warm up. Then come October, that's when you get that warm snap and and spinning for trout, you know, is great techniques. October, November is probably the time you want to be fishing your smaller creeks. Now, your dry fly activity or your super um, aggressive feeding fish, whether you're spinning or fly fishing, I'll refer to both in this, the fish will be incredibly active come sort of December. 
December is the go. Now, your small creeks, though, you want to fish probably earlier rather than later because they can be susceptible to that extreme heat, especially when we don't get any rain. So those smaller streams, fish them earlier in the season. So that's where I'd be going now. So we're in October, late October, nearly in November. I'd be going out and fishing small streams near you now. Any of the high country, anywhere above three or 400 meters, you will find trout in patches here and there, 500 up to 1,000. So any of the Great Dividing Range, any of the high country in Victoria, the Snowy Mountains in New South Wales, most of the small streams will have trout. And you can go on trips and explore. That's the great thing about trout. Most of them will have, you know, most of those waterways will have trout. So you can just jump out of car, get on foot and walk up streams. I know a few mates of mine who love doing that in the Snowy Mountains, catching great fish. Now, do that style of fishing now and through till you'll notice it'll get too hot and the fish will shut down, especially this year ahead. We've got very little rain forecast. So those those small streams, as sad as it is to see that a lot of those fish may die or it's, it's tough because there's a lot of small streams you would have heard in the podcast previous, Talis and I talked about some of those streams that haven't had any rain. You'd be surprised if there's any fish left in them, but they will move down to bigger waters um, and move up so once it gets too hot they'll leave so now through to december start fishing those smaller streams Um, i'll give you tips on techniques and that in a minute but basically what i want you to understand is that they will get too warm and then when it comes to those tail races super cold water year round those fish flourish they're a stable waterway system for trout so the best time to fish them is in the middle of summer December, January, that's when we spend a bit of time on those waterways, um, fly fishing with dry flies uh, and even spinning. Even though the water's up and high and running fast, don't let that deter you from fishing the high those waters. We're gonna, I'm going to share a few tips on fishing high, running trout rivers like rather than just ignoring them. I know when I was younger, I used to go, oh, the river's too high, you can't fish it. And even now, a lot of people will bank walk and go, this is rough. Like, how do we even fish this? The water is running too fast. I'm going to share how to do it. Because even though it's running high, the fish are feeding extremely aggressively because it's the middle of summer, lots of food, and that's when they love to feed. So that's important with trout. Think about that. Those hot days are key. And another thing to think about, when you do get summer, Um, chasing trout windy days are really good on rivers and streams because it blows food in for the fish so when they get lots of stuff landing on the surface they're switched on they're looking for food and whether you're fly fishing or spinning casting lures a windier day may not be as exciting or as, as nice and relaxing out there but the fishing will most likely be better so just remember that now a few tips for small streams um if you're in a small stream what flies and what lures do you want to use? Now, small streams, you don't want anything, and I'm talking little creeks um, that are no deeper than a meter, say, and maybe three, four, maybe five meters wide at, at the widest, um, little pools, runoffs, things like that. Now, first of all, you want to be very, very stealth when you're walking up these small streams. The fish will hear you from a long way away. Now, I've had experiences because the water's clear, you're coming up to a spot, you spot a fish from miles away, so far away, you try to get close enough to even cast and they spook. So in the spots where it's shady or deep holes or you can't quite see, don't just trudge on in there. And I know you've probably heard this before and you're thinking, yeah, I know that. Just you got to hold yourself back. And I know we all do it. We all just tread straight in there. 
just be careful and cast from as far away as you can. Even if there's a mile of bank between you and the actual edge of the water, do big long casts because it's absolutely critical. And make sure you walk upstream on these small creeks because the trout will be facing up looking for the food. If you come downstream, you will spook every single fish. So lure choice. I'd be using things like a salter, a spinner. A humble spinner is probably key in summer in small trout streams because you don't need a lure that sinks. So, for example, a Tassie Devil wouldn't even bother in a small stream because it's a big weight. Same with any metal lures. They're too heavy. Small streams, a spinner is absolutely perfect because you can cast it in super light. You can crank it straight away, get those blades moving, and just retrieve it back. It's super simple, super easy to use. The spinners that I use actually are FTL um, twin spins. Now, they're actually very different to most spinners on the market. They've got two blades rather than one, so you can actually retrieve them a lot slower, which is so cool. With a selter or a normal standard spinner with one blade, you have to retrieve it quite quick. And when you're winding it downstream in the current, you have to wind it a lot quicker than the current, which is painful because if you've got quite quick current, that spinner is moving super fast. So what the guys at FTL did, Adam did, was design these I've never actually seen any other spinners like them. They've got two blades on them. You kick them into gear. Once you get it in there, you give it a twitch and make sure the blades are spinning and it's a lot slower and you can feel it dragging as it goes through. And he's had a massive success on these spinners and so myself, I've used them quite a lot. You can actually get them, uh, they're stocked on the social fishing store. So jump on our tackle store, the online tackle store and have a look at them. They're only cheap uh, and they're a really good trout spinner, much cheaper than most other spinners on the market. You'll pay a lot less than you will for say a Celta. But that'd be my go-to lure. Other lures you could use are small soft plastics um, on rigged on a very, very light jig head. Now I'm saying about a 124th, 116th of an ounce. Very, very light. And obviously you match your hook to your plastic. Now you want to be using small plastics because you're going to be finding small fish in those creeks. I wouldn't use the plastics a heap in small creeks. Um, probably more those larger creeks or like those small rivers that you get that not these big tail races but rivers that are smaller soft plastics are good because they're better on the bigger fish because the small fish can really struggle to get them in uh, i like paddle tails anything with a small paddle tail absolutely perfect i prefer them over a curl tail and you can use little bug or insect patterns um, but they more of say a mud eye pattern would be good or something that looks like a little yabby tiny little thing but the fish tail plastics just winding them twitching them through on a very light jig head would be my go-to uh, with the lures in a small stream now fly choice um a dry flies are just a go so much fun once you hit november in the small streams i'd be the, the three that i would pack um is a royal wolf a royal stimulator and a red tag if you had just a handful of those that's all you need and they don't need to be too big um just nice and small, obviously, because you're only targeting smaller fish. If you're fishing a slightly larger creek or like a small river, as I said, you could go a little bit bigger in your sizes, but they only need to be nice and small. Size 14s or size 16s, and that size is the hook. So a size 16 hook is quite small, and then you get up to, say, something like a size 10, and we use that hook on, say, our grasshoppers when we're fishing in the larger rivers. So if you're fishing the small streams, they're the three dry flies I'd use and just any nymph underneath it, if they're not quite taking dries, you just want to tie 
off the back shank of your hook, tie a little bit of line and then tie a nymph underneath. And if it's super shallow, you might only need like 15 centimeters. If the river's a little bit deeper, maybe, you know, one and one and a half meters, you could drop it even further up to two foot down. It's up to you. Um, that technique works really well about this time of year before they start feeding on the dry flies. So that's just a couple of tips. Now, alpine versus subalpine for your small streams. Um, alpine, like I'm talking above a thousand meters, they're going to be better. Most of those trout streams up there are going to have fish, um, and that's where I'd be going. Your subalpine ones, they can take a bit more time to find the fish. Now, subalpine, I'm saying just standard sort of hilly country. You aren't in that sort of snow area. There are trout through that kind of area as well, but just you're gonna have, they're going to be hit and miss. They're going to be in patches, and subalpine, depending on the part of country you're in, usually has a lot more willows, is a bit dirtier, um, has a few more snags about because there's just more timber around below the alpine areas. So fly fishing can be hard in those areas. Spinning's absolutely fine. You're just going to snag a little bit. But in those top rivers up the very top uh, in the small streams and things like that, there they go. You've got just undercut banks where the fish come out of, um, little gravel beds, and it's just really, really good fun. So there's some tips for some small streams. Now, tips for larger rivers and tail races. So when I talk about a river, I'm going to say a river is one that's not affected by, let's say, a dam, right below a dam. Um, so those are the rivers. Um, and then your tail races, that's where it comes straight out of the bottom of a dam because they're, they're very different styles because your rivers still run off natural rain flow and they're going to be quite low at this time of year and they're going to get pretty hot Um once sort of the middle to the end of summer comes. So there you're going to have to be careful with um, in terms of if you're going to get fish or not. So I'd be fishing those rivers earlier in the in the summer, like I explained. Um, now, different techniques. Now, rivers, we're going to talk about medium flow. So we're going to say they've got low to medium flow coming down and our tail races, we're going to say have super high flow. I'm going to talk about the different techniques we use in those different areas. Now, medium flow sort of to just normal flow in a river. Now, they're really easy to fish, really easy to wade, bank walk, um, cast, fly fish. It's it's You're not limited, put it that way, to the styles of fishing you want to do. You can basically do whatever you want. I still would uh, recommend walking upstream. And what you want to do my go-to is a hard body. You can't go past a hard body. If if it's a bit higher, you use a Tassie Devil. Um, not super high, but if it's a bit higher, deeper sort of water, you can throw a Tassie. Nice and cheap, easy to cast, especially for kids. Um, but you can't go past, say, a hard body, a spinner again. Soft plastics, metal, metal lures. But I love the the Rapala range. Um, your CDs, your CD5 is just probably an all-round winner um, in floating or countdown. Floating, I would use when you've got quite shallow water and you're able to get down quite easily and you want to pause it to get it back up. Not many instances for trout I find I need a floating in a river. Yes, in a creek, small stream, little CD3s, floating are perfect. Come back to the rivers though, normally a countdown is what you want because you can allow it to sink down a little bit, then wind it through. And also the CD7s, um, the countdown 7s, so they're 7 centimeters. They work really well as well. The Eco Gear uh, have a little minnow. They're really good as well. There's quite a few in their range. Those little, pen, they're almost like a pencil sort of shape, but those little minnows, um, very similar, sort of a trout profile. And that's why we use those Rapala range and any other little hard bodies is because 
it's the shape of juvenile trout and that's what lives in those waters there's also a few tiny native fish getting around the small species but their main food source is smaller trout so that's why we have the rainbow and brown trout patterns on the lures um, and they do work if you've never really done much trout fishing before and you wondered if those patterns work, they're just a winner. It's hard to go past something that's supernatural and that they're going to feed on. The other patterns that I do like are anything that's gold or silver. Any silver flecks um, with like a dark top back and then silver, maybe a white belly or any gold sort of colors. That's why your spinners work well in gold and silver. And there's little eco gears that I was mentioning. They only drive quite shallow. They come in some really cool patterns. They come in brown trout, rainbow trout patterns. Um, we actually got a few of them on the Social Fishing Tackle store. So just go have a look at them. Um, they're a lot more expensive, a hard body, compared to a spinner. That's why spinners are good to have, especially in places where you're going to get caught up in trees and things like that. But it's always good to have some hard bodies. The Rapalas, same deal. They're not overly cheap. They're about you know anywhere from $15 to $19, depending on where you buy them but they do work. So what you want to do with those hard bodies in a medium flow, low flow river, I would walk my way upstream, come to a sort of a bank and opening wherever you can get in or you wade and you wade the shallow side obviously and you just want to cast upstream diagonally and just wind it back across the current. So you want to cast and find edges out of the fast water but not still still but it's hard to explain, I'm just not making sense here. You've got fast-flowing water and then you've got super slack water and then you've got that patch in between where there's a different current line which is quite slow-moving water. That's where you want to be casting. So, Or if there's only two currents, if you've only got super still and super fast, you want to be fishing across that quick stuff but make sure your lure goes through the still part as well because the fish will be sitting right on the edge of the fast water but they'll be in the still water because they, they still are lazy. Well, they're not lazy. They're a lot more out there than cod say but they're still a fish they don't want to waste energy in the super fast flowing water they love that current because it brings food to them but they sit just either side of the current flow now we actually explain this technique how to cast how to retrieve these techniques we explain them in the free freshwater mini series which is out you may have heard me talk about it i talked about it at the very introduction in this podcast it's free go on the social fishing website jump on it's on the main page Click on it, it just allows you to sign up and go watch part four, it's trout fishing. Now we give tips for targeting trout in dams and also rivers and we show techniques and how to work exactly what I'm explaining here. A nice fast bit of water and where the fish actually sit and how you cast. So you want to cast diagonally up and just run it through that water, through the still water, into the quick water and back into the still water. We explain it all in that video. So I won't go into too much detail here. So go check it out if you want to see more of it, exactly how we do it. And obviously, if you want more tips again on top of that, there's the complete guide series that you can go have a look at. Now, that's a, that's a technique, say, for a medium, low-flowing river. If it's low, get in the water and wade. Get in the water. In the summertime, the rivers are warm enough to wade in. You don't need waders. Um, when it's cooler, you may need them, or in a tail race or quite high alpine, waders are, make it more comfortable. Um, obviously, it's going to be easier to walk around all day, but you can wade, and it's called wet wading. It's just get a pair of boots um, and just walk up this, the creek or the river wherever you are. Um, and then just cast straight up and into little pockets, into little small 
spots next to that quick water in behind rocks and boulders or structure or shadows. It's a pretty straightforward technique and basically you just wind it out. And I'll talk about the retrieves in a minute. Now, on to, say, a high-flowing river. We're talking about a tail race now, running really high in summer. Now, when I was younger, I used to think they were unfishable. We're like, oh, they just the river's too high in summer for chasing trout. We'll just wait till March, April. And the fishing's still great in March, April, but there's a, a world of fishing uh, that is there to be explored in the high water, and you just need to know how to approach the water properly. So, in a tail race, the river's running really, really hard. Now, when I'm spinning, there's two options, and I'll talk about fly fishing as well. There's two options. First option is to just find slack water because when it's really high, the middle runs really fast, but the edges have slack areas. So if you're spinning or got a hard body on or a spinner or a tazzy, you can cast into these slack pockets and wind it through. Now, because these slack areas are usually quite shallow because it comes up over the riverbank and into a shallow area, wouldn't be using big heavy lures. I'd be using the hard bodies, the spinners, the small soft plastics. Work them through those areas and you can even sight fish fish and I will touch on that with the fly fishing. Those areas are really good and you can cast into them. But one technique that works really, really well is get a hard body. You need a hard body for this technique to work. Get yourself onto a bend of the river or somewhere where you have the ability to cast straight across and allow your lure to swing downstream, and that's the whole technique. Even if you're on, say, the shallow side, just wade out a little bit if you can um, afford to. Now, this works anywhere from medium flow to high flow. It works even when there's, you know, half decent flow, enough flow to make your lure swim on its own. So what you do... Say we're on the shallow side, we want to cast straight across or if not a little bit diagonally downstream. Big cast, click your uh, reel straight into gear and your lure will be swimming straight away. Your hard body will be working in the current and as it works, it will swing. It will do a swing right across the river and come down and sit basically straight down parallel. Say if you're standing in the river in the banks beside you, your lure will basically sit parallel to the bank and will just sit in one spot and start working. And then that's basically the end of the retrieve. You wind it all the way in and you can wind it in slow if you want or you can just crank it in depending on how good that spot looks like. But the key part is the cast across, click it in and just let it swing across the current. And as it swings, it dives down and it just works its way across the current and the swings through that water column and the trout grab it. And it's a great technique on rainbows uh, because they're sitting out in those quicker areas, whereas your browns will sit in the slower stuff on the edges. And in summer, Tumut River, Goulburn, anywhere below a dam that has trout, excellent technique. Go give it a crack. Works really well. Um, yeah, unbelievable. So give that a crack and it's straightforward. It's exactly what I explained and we actually run through that in a demonstration in the complete guide if you want to see more on that technique. Now, what I want to talk about uh, is just a few other tactics and techniques, but I'm going to use the Tumut River as a reference because that's just where we fish quite a lot. Um, if you've ever fished the Goulburn down in Victoria, you can do the same thing or any, any tail race basically. I haven't fished them all obviously, but the Tumut River is the one I spend my time on now. The Tumut River is big enough for a boat. Now, you can put a boat on in summer when it's flowing high. When it's low, you can't fit a boat on at all. But these larger rivers, as long as you're allowed, and most of them you will be allowed, you can get a boat on, even a little tinny, anything. And you can even have a petrol motor for this style of fishing. Well, you basically do need a petrol, but it's just super simple and it works. So what it is, is it's trolling upstream in a boat. 
sounds pretty basic and it is and it works wonders. How it works is on the tumor, we've got big sections. Um, you've got like straight straight bits and then corners and things like that. So what you basically want to do is pick a straight section, normally lined with willows on one side uh, or a rocky bank on the other side. Now, this river is used for irrigation, so you've got lots of flow coming through. What you want to do is get your tazzies or your hard bodies, um, and on your tazzies, you can just flatten them out a bit, um, and that way they don't want to bust up out of the water. Or your hard bodies, any of those ones I mentioned before, cast them back behind the boat. Now, you want to be in the middle of the river. You want to have the boat idling or just going, you know, just enough so that you're sitting still in the current, pointing your nose upstream. Now, we've got a lot of flow coming through. Like some of these rivers have six, seven, eight, nine thousand 9,000 megs per day. Um, so, that's quite a lot of flow moving down for those of you who know how much water that is. And you cast your lures back and then let them float quite a long way back. So, and then Basically, you just kick the boat into a gear fast enough so that it's just moving upstream, just creeping forward, and you just troll your way straight up. And it is a insanely successful technique um, chasing rainbow trout, even browns as well, but rainbows. Now, what the key part is, is to make sure your lures are far enough back from the boat. Trout are a spooky fish, so you wonder how would they even, why would they even bite when you've got a petrol motor going? Well, you need a petrol motor for this because the rivers run too fast. Troll upstream and just make sure that your lures are a long way back. And if you're not getting hits, move them further back until you work out how far back that is and then you start catching them. So I'm going to say start with oh, at least 30, 35 meters and obviously you can go further after that. So you want it a fair way back and you just troll straight up and the rainbow smasher and they're great fighting fish. They're acrobatical, they'll jump out in that fast flowing water and they'll fight really hard because the current is moving quite quick. Now, make sure you've got two people um, in the boat, recommend having two so that someone can continue to steer because you can end up in a lot of trouble with a quite quick current, especially when you hook up. So just be careful with that, but try that technique, works an absolute treat. Um, now, another thing we do is um, we float down the rivers in inflatable boats and people do it in kayaks as well. And you can do that and just float your way down and cast in against the edges and wind them out. Um, you just it's, it's harder to fish because you do have little control because your boat is floating all day. So if you can find little areas where you can actually nose the kayak in and pull up and cast an area that looks good rather than just floating all day and sort of missing pieces or not fishing area properly, um, that's key. Or try that technique of try and go slow down the river or sit in the edge of sort of a still area and cast down diagonally across and let it swing across. But with this swing... You will have to wind if your kayak is floating down the river. So wind it and allow the hard body to swing across the current, but you'll wind as it swings to make sure that the lure is working. And obviously, you'd use a hard body for that technique. Now, fly fishing, we do quite a bit of fly fishing on the Tumut River, and we call it backwater fishing. Um, and remember how we well, remember how I said earlier that when the river's really high, you can fish with those techniques I explained with a hard body or lures. You can actually fish the high flowing rivers with a fly and I absolutely love it. Now, if you've never fly fished before and you might be thinking, oh, I don't want to listen to you talk about fly, I don't do it, just give it a go because I've only been doing it for about three or four years and say we go back before then, I didn't do it and it looked too hard, looked too difficult. It isn't that hard at all and it is really, really good fun. I absolutely love it, especially in these high flowing rivers because the big browns, the biggest brands in the whole entire river move out of the fast water and into the shallow areas to feed. 
And what they do is they swim around these shallow areas all day, feeding on bugs. Now, as soon as you get grasshoppers jumping around in the grass, that is the time you're going to go out and use dry flies for trout. They will not touch a grasshopper if there are no natural grasshoppers jumping around every day. It's like this thing of all of a sudden there's a heap of grasshoppers jumping in. Cool. Now that's my feed. That's my source. That's what I'm looking for as a food source. And that's why fly fishing is really cool because you've got to work out what the fish are doing on the day. So what you do is you come up to these small pockets, these backwaters where the water comes over and into the grasses and the still areas underneath willows, um, you know, where cattle come in, all those kind of areas, they look like there's nothing going on. But if you approach them properly, quietly and stalk into those areas, very slowly, you will see trout come in and out, in and out, in and out. And what they do is like a root, like a circle or a beat, we call it, or this lap where they go in and out of an area And they look for food. They go in, do a lap, back out, in, out. And they're looking for food every single time. And I've had so much fun doing this on the Tumut River. The Goulburn River is really well known for it with willow grubs that fall out of the trees and grasshoppers. But willow grubs are very successful um, fly to use. And all you need is a standard six-weight fly rod, nothing fancy. You don't even have to know how to really cast because you just do little bow and arrow flicks. So just hold the fly in one hand, load the rod up backwards so it'll be bending back and just let go and it'll flick in. Basically, you just want to flick it in and land it on the fish. It's no different to say if you were sight fishing for them with worms on a hook and flicking that in, except for you're doing it on fly and it's way more fun. And you don't need your worms. You can just have a grasshopper imitation um, fly where they just come up and they hit it off the top. It's, It's awesome fun. And you get some of the biggest brown trout doing that. You do lose quite a few because you have to go light leader because they can see your line and then you're in heavy, dense structure that they snap you off quite easy if you're not careful, well, not if you're not careful, but nine times out of ten, they'll get you around a stick and snap you off. And that's just the, the game, but it's it's really good fun. If you've, if you've never tried it before, give it a crack. Um, we do it. We float the Chimit River in inflatable boats, pull up, get out, walk, and find little pockets and, and fish for them. And it's just a really good, fun style of fishing. Um, if you do want to see more about that, if you are interested, just jump on the social fishing website um, and go to our tutorial section. And just have a look at the Trout on Fly series in the Complete Guide. Now, just watch the trailer. It's a full jam-packed series that teaches you everything from what fly gear you need, what flies you need, the techniques to do, how to cast, what techniques to use in small water, large rivers, this backwater style fishing, all the different fly fishing styles you need. It basically will give you an understanding of everything you need to get started. Now, I wish I had something like this to watch when I first started because I went through a lot of trial and error, but that there is unbelievable. We film it with um, James Norney from Mountain Fly. He's a legend of a bloke. He's actually a guide now down in Victoria. He knows his stuff, and I was with him. I'm not a trout expert or a fly fishing expert. I know enough, though, to be able to do it, but in this um, trip, he was the guide. He was the expert while we're filming and he shares everything he knew about it it's just exciting and just jump on and have a look at the trailer just see if it's something that interests you and you can see those small pockets that i'm talking about you'll see the fish sitting in those edges and come up and take you know the flies that's just one part of a massive series that backwater fishing for the trout it's just the very last part and there's all these other tutorials in that series so That's the Trout on Fly series in the complete guide. Like I said, if you're keen to get into fly fishing, um, even if you're keen to get into fly fishing for, say, golden perch or or cod, 
just give this one, this is probably your best starting option is chasing Trout or Carp. Either one of those is your best option to start with and then obviously as you get more into it, you can chase Natives because Natives are a, a quite a bit harder to catch but the, the Trout on Fly is becoming one of my one of my most enjoyed summer styles of fishing because middle of the day, you don't have to do an all-nighter. doesn't even have to be early. When the sun's up really high, that's the best time to spot them. That's when they're out feeding and it's just really exciting and visual. What I love is visual fishing and, and that's what I think you get from trout whereas natives, some waterways you'd get it if you're lucky enough to live near a clear waterway but most of you would know that the, the water's quite dirty. Even when you're fishing in a dam, the fish are quite down deep. You hook up to them before you even really see them. What you do get from trout fishing is that visual aspect and that's why I love it and that's why I love the the fact that in the fresh water, we can fish all these different waterways. We don't just have to target cod. You know, you may be someone who just loves cod, although chances are not because you're listening to this one about trout. You may love just all styles of freshwater fishing and that's great and, and I do too. I love fishing all these different styles, doing different techniques, things that are fun, exciting and, and what I love about the trout is the visual aspect from this fly fishing style uh, in the backwaters. I much prefer to do that in the summer and visually sight the fish and cast to them and watch their reaction when they eat it rather than casting my fly out and letting it swing or doing all those other techniques, which are great fun. Don't get me wrong, but my, my go-to, my favorite and why I think I love trout fishing this way so much is because it is visual. You get that visual aspect, which you don't get from the natives. Now, before we finish up, um, I just want to give you top three tips. I want to finish on three tips for trout, three extra tips. And one is retrieve. What kind of retrieve do you do? And we're talking spinning here. Style and speed. What style do I use and what speed do I go? Now, style, you want to mix it up, but your basic straightforward retrieve is just wind it through. Wind it through. A lot of trout there um, will be just moving through. But also, if that doesn't work, you want to make it look injured. So when I head out for the day, my go-to technique, whether I'm using a tazzy, a spinner, a hard body, a plastic, cast it out and just slow roll it. Slow roll it through. Pause if you need to get it down or let it float. And then slow roll. Just roll it right through the area. If that works, continue to do that because it's an easy technique and it works and it's successful. And one other thing is, when you hook up, I want to touch on this now before I forget. When you hook up to a trout, don't stop winding. What I like to do with trout is set a, a lighter drag because they throw hooks really, really easily, especially treble hooks. In these rivers and streams, they jump, they go mad. Treble hooks don't stay stuck very well. So when you're winding through, when you get a hit, just lift your rod, strike, but keep winding. Don't sort of strike and then just let them shake their head around because they dart around. So they could swim straight at you, straight to the side, straight the other way, which means slack line, which means they're going to throw the hook really quick. Even when they jump, they throw their head side to side. And just having a bend in your rod won't keep the hook connected. You need to have a good bend in your rod but that bend will not outdo the fact that they're going to throw the hook. You need to continue to wind and that's why I like to have a lighter drag because if you have a drag too heavy and you're winding and he's pulling and it doesn't let any drag out, you're just going to snap off and you're in this odd situation. So I like to set my drag a little bit lighter. When I hook up, it'll take drag straight away. It'll start singing, but I can wind and you're winding and you're probably not doing much to start with. You're probably just 
and what you what you're doing is your, your drag's coming off, but you're winding, and it and it doesn't sound right, and that's not normally how you fish. But at the initial point of hook up and shaking their head, it's the best way to keep them connected because that way your rod stays bent, you're winding, you're winding, you're keeping all that slack line out. Even when they jump, keep winding. It's absolutely critical, and it's helped me catch so many more fish rather than locking up the drag and sort of just pausing when they're they're shaking their head or you know letting them run. And not winding, you want to basically keep winding until you get them a bit closer or they're down deep and you can't actually get them up, then do up your drag a bit. But instead of doing up your drag, to fight them, just put your hand on the spool and lift. And then when they take off, let go with your hand and then you you, you really like drag, we'll just let it go and the fish can run. I find it absolutely key, even for golden perch in the dams, when you're fishing light line, you can't set your drag too high. So just remember that as well. Now, in terms of your speed, oh, so we talked about style, sorry, your style, your straight retrieve. Your next retrieve you do is pauses, make it look injured. Hard body, wind it through, twitch, twitch, pause, twitch, twitch, wind, twitch, you know, you can do whatever you want, you can do absolutely whatever you want, make it look injured, especially with soft plastic, lots of little jiggles and twitches with a soft plastic works really, really well, um, and then if you're using sort of a tazzy, it's more of a straight wind lure, and so is a spinner, I wouldn't really twitch and pause them much, it's mainly the hard body and the plastic where you can do that. Now, how fast do you go? Now, as I said, you do that nice slow retrieve. The only time that doesn't um, come into effect is when you are retrieving a quick current. You need to wind it quicker than the current if you're retrieving it with the current. So coming back downstream, you want to wind it faster than the current. So it'll be quite a quick retrieve because if you don't wind it faster than the current, you're going to have slack line or your lure is just going to sit there and just float through the current and not actually work. So basically that's it and you can do a slow to medium pace retrieve for trout it doesn't have to just be slow trout like quite a medium pace retrieve up to you know it can be fast at times so mix it right up and how the rule i use is in the slow water in the very still deep pools when it's not flowing super high in your creeks you can go slow you can afford to go slow and just let the hard body tick along in the fast water the fish are feeding aggressively so they're switched on, they're waiting for food to flow down, they're really ready, 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 ready and this thing shoots past their face and they'll turn and chase it and hit it. They're waiting for a quick feed and that's why I like fishing those areas because they don't have much time to look at your offering and they'll hit it real quick. Whereas in the slow water, do a slower retrieve because your big brown trout will be sitting in there quite lazy. If anything goes through quick, they'll probably be like, nah, let it go. If it's slower, they'll probably have a hit at it. If it's pausing and twitching and looking injured, they'll have a crack at it, but then they get more time to look at it as well. So you may need lighter leader and have your lures presented better in those situations because they do get more time to look at it. You got to think about that. You just basically want to match what they're feeding on. Now, tip number two, uh, your leader size and your length. Uh, four pound is the go. I used to fish with six pound quite a lot. Um, until we started basically dropping our leader size for golden perch and we started dropping it to six pound and I've even used four pound for golden perch now and they're a much bigger fish. So instead of using a six pound for trout, I dropped to a four pound, especially in crystal clear water. Um, if you're fishing heavy, dense sort of subalpine rivers, go to a six pound. The, the, the poundage won't matter because they won't be able to see your lure. But a six pound um, or a four pound are, are the go. Probably four pound is my pick. Um, make sure it's a fluorocarbon leader. 
fluoro is absolutely critical um, if you're running braid and make sure you run at least a rod length probably two of four pound fluorocarbon leader and just tie it on you can use all sorts of different knots but a double uni knot will work just fine um, with your leader and then you can also just run straight fluorocarbon on a spool no braid at all a lot of anglers prefer to do that because when they bust off they don't have to worry about tying leaders on uh, a bit of stretch which helps with them not throwing the hooks and if you're going to do that run a four pound or a six pound fluoro um, just main line not leader line main line because it's not as tough it's a bit more supple and stretchy which is what you want for line that goes on your spool but you may have to change that every season or two if it gets memory on your spool so just be careful with that now tip number three which I've already touched on throughout this already, um, I just want to cover it again, is your flowing water. is absolutely key, either fish flowing water or close to the flowing water. The flowing water is better because that's where your hungry and ambush fish are. So normally you have pools, rapids, pools, rapids, pools, rapids throughout a trout stream. Your deep pools aren't going to be as great to fish. You might find the big browns in there, but you're going to have to work for them. But I love to fish below the rapid or the rifle bed or the flowing water. So not quite the top of it, you don't want to be fishing, but just below it where you get the white water, the ripples and where it drops off in deeper water, that's where your aggressive browns and rainbows will be sitting. So the flowing water below rapids is absolutely key. Now that's basically it for my few tips for the season ahead and targeting trout. Obviously the middle of summer is key. Get out there now, give some small streams a crack, uh, but... I would recommend those larger rivers uh, as the sun and the summer, sorry, the summer gets on and the heat gets there and it warms right up. You'd want to be fishing those larger rivers because those fish will still be actively feeding. Uh, if you're in our area, in my area, the Chimit River, gun place to fish, absolutely beautiful. Any other impoundment right below the dam wall will have most likely have cool water and should have trout. It, some might, some might not. But things like Dartmouth, below the dam in Dartmouth Dam, below Cancoban Pondage, um, all those sort of areas. Um, and then you've got below Blaring, like I said, on the Chimit River, and then below Eildon and Eildon Pondage on the Goulburn River. Great areas to target trout. The Goulburn River in Victoria, uh, that's where they release all those massive trout, um, and they're still in there, the broodstock, so you might even come across one of them, and there's just some tips for giving it a crack this summer. Uh, there's a lot of weed beds there, so make sure you fish around the weed beds. Also under the willows, a lot of willows in the Golden River, and a lot of backwater for that fly fishing techniques. So that's it for this episode. I really, really hoped you enjoyed it. Now, don't forget, uh, jump on the website, and you can submit listener questions. We want to hear your listener questions. If you have a question for us or say it's a topic on um, a podcast, you want us to do a topic on a, a podcast on a specific topic, let us know. We want to hear exactly what you want us to talk about and we will talk about it. We can't know exactly what you want without uh, hearing from you, but we will. We continue to create these episodes, mix it up between all the species, all the techniques, and we'll, we'll even do one on bait fishing in the future and maybe bait collecting or all sorts of things. We just want to hear exactly what you want us to talk about, but also send through your listener questions. Ask us questions and we will answer them at the start of episodes in the podcast. Jump on the Social Fishing website and make sure you check out our articles. We've got massive range of articles on fishing on the Social Fishing website. Go check them out. There's heaps of blog posts, heaps of videos as well. Um, where you can check out heaps of content. And as I said, this podcast is just another way that we're getting content out there to you guys for you guys to enjoy. 
Now, jump on the Social Vision website as well and make sure you create a free account. Like I said, jump on and you can get the Freshwater Mini Series. It's free. Go have a look at it. Uh, We touch on trout, golden perch, and cod. At the date that this episode's out, the golden perch one is still not up yet. Uh, It will be up later in the season. So just please bear with us. But if you're really keen to learn more about golden perch, by all means, go and grab the Complete Guide Golden Perch in Dam series. It's a full in-depth series that teaches you how to catch golden perch in dam. But um, in dam, sorry. But there's also trout ones, and that's what I want to talk about for the Complete Guide. You're obviously keen on trout fishing. If you want to learn how to catch trout in dams, there's a series on that. Trout in rivers and streams. It gives you techniques on all the things you need to know, your waiter setups or your rod and reel setups, even um, glow bugging setups. We talk about that, all the lures you need and techniques for casting and an awesome session that we do on the Yukonbean River. Um, we go up to Yukonbean River when those fish start moving out of the out of the lake and we show you all the techniques for there. We even show you access points for the Yukonbean River um, up that way and show you where we get in and where we fish that episode and what we caught and how we do it, what techniques we use there. So if you can on the Yukonbean River, go have a look at the Complete Guide series there. And also there's the Trout on Fly one. Like I said, talked about it earlier, the Complete Guide series for Trout on Fly is an absolute cracker of a series. So there's three that are all on Trout available in the Complete Guide. But if you want a little bit more action, want to see some action and a few tips, go check out the Freshwater Mini series. As I said, this one is absolutely free. Part four is all about Trout. It was filmed on the Tumut River um, at about... April last year, uh, sorry, this year, April this year, just gone, and we caught some cracking trout, including including a monster rainbow trout uh, that I got out of the river, which I was absolutely stoked about. So go check that out. Thanks, guys, for listening and tuning in. As always, go jump on Apple Podcasts and review, rate the podcast. The more we get, the better. I would love to hear from you. Please put your comments in. And I will be talking to you in the next episode. Please send me through exactly what you want us to talk about. Hope you enjoyed that episode, guys, on tips for targeting trout in rivers and streams. And until next time, guys, good luck with your fishing trips, and I'll be talking to you very soon.